Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am on with a new guest today, my new friend, Heather Creekmore. I am so excited to have her on. We've been sitting here chatting before we hit record, which is one of the things I love to do. I love getting to know guests as we're getting ready to record and bring encouragement to you as the moms. And um, so today, of course, is no different as we do every week. Um, You know, we want to bring the best encouragement that we can, not just in in light of your homeschool journey and academics, but in our world of being moms and being parents and being wives and just being women. And so today we are talking about her new book. It's called The Burden of Better. And we're going to talk all about what, what it's looking like to constantly kind of compare ourselves with other women. I've started reading this book. I started it Uh, actually several weeks ago. And as I was getting a little deeper into it, I thought, you know what, I really need to read this with my girls. And most books I get, of course, I just read on my own, but this is one that really hit home with me. And so I just said, you know, I'm going to stop and I'm going to back up, start all over again. And so I've started reading it to my girls. And as a matter of fact, before we um, jumped on to record, my 10-year-old Lacey, she, she, jumped in the camera with me and uh, said to Heather, said, I really like your book. And um, and so these are the the truths and encouragement that we want to pass on to our daughters as well and teaching them not to compare. But before we get to that, Heather, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Uh, thank you, Yvette. It's so great to be with you. Yeah. Thank you. Tell us about your family. Um, you're a Christian homeschool mama of four. Yes. Um, tell us what you do because you've got lots of fun things going on in your world. I do. I mean, primarily I'm a pastor's wife and like you said, homeschool moms have four kids and we've been homeschooling. We just finished our eighth year. So I'm feeling more like a veteran. Like I finally know what I'm doing (laughs) a little bit. right? Um, And and I write, I speak. um, I I try to encourage women through my own podcast called Compared to Who. And and really the topic I'm focused on, like you said, is comparison, also body image, mostly these things that we as women don't enjoy talking about. And, And I'll be honest with you, I am more surprised than anyone that I am the one talking about them out loud (laughs) (laughs) because these were things that I've struggled with for most of my life since elementary school, really. Um, so yeah, so God's just opened some doors for me to, to do ministry in this way. In addition to, um, in addition to ministry and maybe a more traditional way being a pastor's wife and also homeschooling. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I like that you say it's something that not a lot of us talk about because it's true. It's, it's not something that we, you know, just call up our friend and say, you know, I'm feeling really insecure about myself today. Feeling really insecure about myself as a mom, as a wife, about my hair, about, you know, my body, about the way that I'm homeschooling my kids. And we live in a world of comparison and it's, it's, well, as a parent, it starts the day you become a parent. 
You know, it's something that we struggle with through our life as women, I think much more so than men do. But I remember when I became a parent and I started looking at all the other babies around me and the other moms around me. And, mm-hmm. and it was just like this constant um, struggle of, well, their kid's sleeping through the night and mine's not. Right. And right. their child is crawling and mine's not. And their kid has two right. teeth already. And my child's <laughs> older than like, like what's wrong right. with my kid? Am I not feeding them right? I mean, and it's just constant. And you know, it's something that clearly Satan wants us to buy into. He wants us to buy into the constant lies that are being fed to us. And um, oftentimes that's through the media. You know, there have been many friends <laughs> that, sorry, if you're listening and you're one of those friends, but well, I've just deleted them from Facebook or at least unfriended, you know, them where I can't right. see their posts because it just seems like everything they post is their perfect life. And I know that that's not reality, but at the same time, it seems like it when I'm flipping through and seeing their perfect meals and their perfect homeschool room and their kid is, you know, playing 16 different instruments and mine can barely play the radio. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, it's just so hard. And so I love that you came out with this book. It's called The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. And as I've been digging into this book, one of the quotes that that you say, kind of in the beginning of the book, I think, um, you say, we miss so much of what God wants for us because we're looking around mm-hmm. instead of looking up. And that really struck me. And I just thought, yes, that's so true. We're constantly looking around us. We're looking at magazines and and social media and, and billboards. I mean, you even go into Walmart for goodness sake. And you just, I'm like, I just want to buy mascara. I don't want to see all the pictures of the girls, you know? Um, So, so let's kind of jump into this. And I want to talk about, you know, why, why as women do we compare Mm -hmm. constantly and, and why do we need to take this comparison so seriously? Sure. Well, you know, part of it is human nature. In the 1950s, a man named Leon Festinger did research on what, you know, what he wasn't labeled this at the time, but eventually became labeled social comparison theory. Mm-hmm. So it is in our nature to look around and compare ourselves as a way of figuring out how we're doing. Mm-hmm. But just because it's in our nature doesn't mean that it's the way God asked us to live, right? There's a lot of things in my flesh <laughs> that I want to do, right? right? Or not do um, <laughs> that are different than the way I should be acting as someone who's been reborn in Christ and who has a renewed mind and who has the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And so, yes, it is just natural to compare ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a challenge in that it, it does distract us from not only our purpose in, in the purpose that God has for us, but but really more than that. And I hate to I hate to say this so early in the show. Even. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, comparison is the culture's word, mm-hmm. right? But the Bible uses different words, right? And so when we're talking about comparison, most of the time, what we're talking about are things that the Bible calls envy. Mm-hmm right? Or covetousness. I mean, those are right there in Deuteronomy and the, you know, the Ten Commandments. Yep. yep. (laughs) You can't get far without catching those, right? right. Um, You know, sometimes it's pride, sometimes it's jealousy. And we're pretty comfortable saying the word comparison and Mm -hmm. maybe doing the little like 
teehee, I have a hard time comparing and oh shucks, I'm on Instagram and yeah, I compare sometimes. But I feel like, and this is a lesson I learned early in homeschooling um, and it was, really wasn't the way I was raised, right? But but I feel like it's important that we use biblical words mm-hmm. when we're teaching our children, that we use biblical words when we're looking at the world and assessing what's going on around us, right? And so when I was first starting to write this book, I was like, oh my goodness, like it's just, it's, it's, it's right there. It's so basic. Like we're using this word comparison and God's saying, no, my dear, really what you're struggling with are things that I have outlined in my word that, that are sins and they're there are things that we need to run from, not just kind of laugh off. And so that's why I believe it's so serious that that we do take comparison seriously. And as I was doing research for this book, you know, in addition to finding out kind of the history of how psychologists have studied comparison, what I also recognized was there was a lot of mixed messages, I would say, even coming from Christians about comparison, hmm. right? That maybe it just wasn't possible to not compare ourselves to other people. Like maybe that just wasn't a thing because it's so natural within us. Yeah. Or there were cliches, like you just rem- you just need to remember, comparison is the thief of joy. You just need to remember, don't compare your behind the scenes with someone else's highlights reel. And there are all these cliches out there. And I was like, you know what? I know these cliches. Yeah. My friends know these cliches. And you know what? We're all still struggling with comparison. Yeah. And so my prayer really in writing this was, God, show me a different way. Show, show me something that is deeper and richer from your word that is actually a way out of comparison. Mm. So we can stop just shuffing it under the rug and saying, oh, he he, comparison, and really get serious about uprooting it in our lives. Yeah, love that. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Heather. And so before the break, we were talking about um, comparison and, and kind of why we compare and that we do compare. Everyone knows that we do that and using biblical words for that, which I love that. I love that you talk about that. Um, and then you mentioned at the very end, there there is a way out of this. And, and I think that's where we need to go. We need to figure out like how, okay, we, we all know that we do it. If we really think about it, we realize that it's wrong because God has created us. And I say this all the time on the podcast, God has created each one of us on purpose and for a purpose. And so uniquely as we are, but it's so hard not to fall into that trap. And so how, Heather, how do we find our way out of this 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 prison really of envy and jealousy and you know what the world does call comparison covetousness right. all of these you know how do we pull ourselves out of that prison of of feeling that way and feeling insecure and not, like we're not enough right well well there's there's several different ways but i would say the most important one and the one that you're going to hear the least about is is really stopping to recognize the idolatry behind Mm. 
our comparison, mm -hmm. right? Really what happens, those areas that we tend to compare ourselves most in are those areas that are just these I don't know, clenched fist areas for us. Yeah. I guess you'd say areas that we hold tightly. Sometimes it's those areas for which we've been recognized like through childhood or teen years, right? Maybe I do a lot of work with women um, around the area of body image. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's the woman who was always complimented for her looks and her, her great body and she gets to be 45 and doesn't look the same anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what does she do now, right? Yep. Um, because we all get to be 45 yep. and don't look the yep. same anymore. That's right. Um, but you know, or, or maybe it's career success, right? She's held on to, to, I can do this. Like I'm successful. And then suddenly someone else gets the promotion she was supposed to get and she's comparing and she's stuck. And so there's, there's lots of ways that we look around and we decide if I had this, Mm -hmm. then I would have worth. And I would say as homeschool moms, right? Like, Ooh, this is hard, yep. right? Because, because sometimes we can put those goals or ideals, I would like to say onto our kids and be like, you know what, if my child would just like, they would just get math, right? <laughs> then my life would be awesome. Yeah. Or, you know, if they could just, you know, get the scholarship, if your child's graduating or, or, you know, maybe just like learn to tie their shoes. I don't know <laughs> on what level you're at. It can vary. Right. Yeah. But, but there are so many different places that we put our hopes and our trust and really it's our hope for salvation, right? If I could just get this thing, yeah. then I would be saved for the woman struggling with body image. If I could just get this body, then my life would be full of joy, peace, and rest. Mm -hmm. If I could just get this kind of home, these kind of kids, this kind of marriage, then everything would be wonderful. Right. And, and what happens is we make those things, even good things, mm -hmm. make them into idols. Yeah. And, and, and so, and those are the places that we are most tempted to then compare ourselves, right? Because our idols lie to us. Our idols right. say, Ooh, Heather, if you could just have me, everything would be awesome. And then we get the thing, right? Because in some cases, you know, you can move to the new house or right. your, your kid masters math. And that's it. That would be a huge achievement. Right. <laughs> um, but you get the thing. And it still hasn't satisfied you, yeah, right? right? And then the idol comes back and says, now you need this thing. And, and, and that's what happens just really underneath the surface of comparison is it's idolatry that keeps waving these shiny objects. <laughs> Ooh, look over here. This is where happiness is. Ooh, look over here. This is where rest is. And we chase them. And we end up on this nonstop treadmill to nowhere, never yeah. finding the satisfaction and the rest that we truly seek. And so step one, I would say, is recognizing that idolatry. Yeah. And then after that, and then this is really what the book is about, it's a deep dive into grace. And I was raised in a Christian home. You know, I knew the song Amazing Grace. <laughs> I probably said the sinner's prayer before I could tie my shoes. Okay. So I, I knew the word of God. But I didn't have a very deep understanding of grace. Hmm. I knew that grace was what was going to get me to heaven someday, but right. I didn't really understand how grace operated in my life every day still here on earth. And so really that's the burden of better is a deep dive into four different kinds of grace. There's saving grace, sanctifying grace, growing grace, and then sustaining grace during times of suffering. Okay. And then, and then beyond that, I talk a little bit about gratitude too, which has been pretty popular to talk about recently and yeah. just even in culture outside of outside of Christian circles. But I think that's that's another key component there as well. Yeah. Well well let's dig into that. I, I really do I, then want to talk about those 
four aspects of grace. So can we start with one? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start with saving grace, right? Okay. Because that's the one that most of us are familiar sure. with, right? right? Like, okay, got my ticket to heaven. Then what? But what I talk about in the book, you know, a lot of us struggle with identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just do, yep. <laughs> right? And and most of it is coming from what you mentioned earlier, right? Like we have all these messages coming at us all the time about what we should be, what would make us valuable, what would make us worthy, what would make us lovable. I mean, marketing exists to tell us what our deficiencies are. Right. Like really, that's how marketers sell products. Right. right. <laughs> you lack this, yep. you need what I have, right? In order to like, be happy. Right. And so so these messages are coming at us 20 for seven. And that does impact our identity. And like I said, I was raised in a Christian home. And so I knew my identity should be in Christ. Yeah. Right. And I, I, so I could give words to that, but honestly, Yvette, I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, right. right? like okay. I'm a daughter of the King. Woo-hoo. Which <laughs> king? Like, I, yeah. okay. I, you know, but, but as I dug into saving grace, one thing that I found there is just, if you can just recognize that the God of the universe, okay, the God who created the universe, let's just go there, right, has provided a way to solve your biggest problem. Your biggest problem is your sin problem, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Your biggest problem is is for eternity, right? He has provided a way to solve your biggest problem. Like, how can we not trust that God to solve our everyday issues, right? right? Our, our, our child that doesn't want to do their work today <laughs> or any day, you right. know, or, or whatever the case may be, right? Like, like that's a God we can trust yeah. to help us in, in every area of life. But then beyond that, I, I, I use the illustration, if your parents were extremely wealthy, let's say they're billionaires, but they're not letting you have any of it now. Okay. And let's say that you are just living paycheck to ba- paycheck, barely making it, you know, doing the Dave Ramsey beans and rice plan. Okay. And, and barely getting by, but your parents are billionaires. And as soon as they pass, you will inherit their billions. What does that make your attitude like as you're eating your beans and rice <laughs> and, and living your, you know, your, your day to day, you right. know, life of, of, you know, of, of just getting by. Right. I think, I think I'd feel pretty confident in that. Right. <laughs> right. I think I'd be like, you know what? It's okay. I can endure because someday I've got billions coming. Right. <laughs> and I, I really believe that that is a, a healthier way to think about our life here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to be <laughs> completely worn down by the day to day, which, you know, Life's a struggle, yeah. Right? <laughs> because I know I have an inheritance, and my identity is secure because of that inheritance, yeah. right? Like what I am right now, where I'm at right now, that doesn't determine eternity. God has determined eternity, and 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 the future looks bright. Yeah. And so I th- I think that's that's really exciting, right? So that's so the first one is saving grace. Mm-hmm. What would be the second grace? So the second grace is sanctifying grace. Okay. And sanctifying, right? Sanctification, like we all know about it, but we don't all enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> For me, um, marriage was a huge step into sanctification yeah. that I, I never think for expected. most of us, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I was like, oh wow, uh, this is not how I thought this was going to go. Um, and you know, just learning how selfish I was—that was a huge yeah. eye opener, <laughs> right? <laughs> I needed a husband to 
bring that out in me. Um, but, but, you know, it's grace that he sanctifies us, right? And, and I think looking at sanctification in the context of comparison is really interesting, right? Because, because the book is called The Burden of Better, because I was the woman who always believed that it was my job to be better, mm-hmm. do better, look better. I had a postcard on my computer from college on that said, commit yourself to constant improvement. Mm-hmm. Like that was my mantra, my creed, like it was my religion in yeah. a way, right? Being better was what I was supposed to pursue. And right. And I thought that that was godly, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. right? But but sanctification has a different nuance to it <laughs> than my my betterment plan because my betterment plan was really about me chasing my idols, right? Mm-hmm. Me thinking if I could just be better at work, then I would get that job that I really want, and then I would have an identity that was secure in that job. Right. And not that I would have been able to spell it out to you like that, but that was that was really what was going on in my heart. Sure. But sanctification is about making us more like Jesus. Yeah. Right, where he's finding those areas that need a little bit of work, yeah. <laughs> right, or a lot of work, yeah. and he is is doing the work to to change us, to grow us, to to help us become more like Jesus, and so it's becoming better, but in a different way than than the way we normally pursue better. Sure, sure, it's becoming better. In, in order to pursue the Lord and to honor him with our life, not becoming better because we feel like we always are inadequate and need to do better and aren't good enough. And so right. there really is a big difference between the two. Um, and that's, that's, that's tough. And that's a great, I love the sanctifying grace, you know, like you, um, marriage has taught me more than anything. Well, I don't know, maybe marriage and parenting together. (laughs) (laughs) Marriage taught me a lot in the first, you know, decade of my, uh, my marriage. And and then uh, we had kids after that. And so um, it's shocking when you're face to face with that mirror of who, who you really are inside. And the Lord, he has a way of starting to open our eyes. And sometimes we're so blind to it, but then we see it. And sometimes, you know, we have, we want to think, well, I, I want to be a better wife. And sometimes that's a good thing because it's not, I want to be a better wife so that I can get more praise from my husband or for any other reason, but because I want to honor the Lord. And so there, there's a difference between wanting to be better, um, a better follower of Christ, I guess I could say, because we should always be striving to know him better and to serve him well with what he's given us but that doesn't mean that we need to wallow in our insecurities of i'm not good enough for any of this so we are out of time let's come back on wednesday and we're going to talk about the next two um parts of grace uh, when it comes to being better and and not comparing ourselves to others uh heather where can people find out more about you and where can they pick up this book you can find me on compared to who dot me and you can find the book anywhere christian books are sold amazon all the places fantastic we'll put links to the show notes as well and you also blog so that's your blog that's where they can find the book and then your podcast podcast is also compared to who that's right find that they're awesome okay great well we will be back on wednesday you guys thank you for listening stick with us we will see you back here on wednesday for more encouragement from heather creekmore thank you so much we'll see you then bye
Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations. Christian homeschooling simplified.